0: So what I have here is um, a Mango phone, Windows Phone Mango. Um, You'll see here the familiar start screen. Um, And the first thing I want to show you is uh, fast application switching, which is a new multitasking feature in Windows Phone Mango. If I hit the back button, um, in the past you'd be used to seeing a resuming screen now if this was a third party application. But you saw how this application, which is a, a Twitter application, was immediately available and responsive when I hit the back key. And if I tap and hold the back key, uh, you may have also seen before our list of applications in the back stack. So I'm running Bejeweled, I have some Office documents, I have email, and I have my Twitter application. So that is fast application switching, which is one of the new features in Windows Phone Mango. What I wanted to show you about the Twitter application was not really the fact that it's reading tweets about WP7 dev, but that it can actually now run code in the background on your behalf. So um, I have a a checkbox here that says Enable Agent. I'll click on that and what that does is that enables this application to run some code approximately every half an hour and do work on my behalf. Now because this is a developer unlocked phone um, and this is a developer application, I can cheat so you don't have to wait half an hour on the video. I can click run now, which will tell the uh, phone to run the agent very soon. And uh, what you'll see see is, um, in a few seconds, a little uh, toast will appear at the top, telling me the agent has run and gone out to Twitter, found a new tweet, and it will update the tile. Uh, So you see the tile flips over with uh, information. If I tap on the toast here, I'm back in my my Twitter app. Here's the the tweet that it found. Um, And I can go back to the Start menu if I want. Uh, And so that's a very quick example of Um, multitasking Windows Phone Mango um, of an application being able to run code in the background on your behalf, do things like update tiles, update toasts to keep you up to date with all the information that you care about.
1: Welcome to the Knowledge Chamber. I'm your host, Robert Hess. Windows Phone has been getting a lot of press lately, and I think it's very important for people, users, and developers to understand the capabilities, not just Windows Phone, but Windows Phone Mango, which is the next release, which will be coming out soon. Here to discuss with us Windows Phone Mango and some of the capabilities that developers should be paying attention to, and how that empowers users to better control their phone, is Peter Tor from the Windows Phone application platform team. Thanks for joining us, Peter. Thanks for having me. Now, the demo we just saw was uh, basically highlighting multitasking and application notification and such. Um, If multitasking is so important, why did it take so long? Uh, That's a good question. Um,
0: Now, some people aren't aware that before Windows Phone 7, uh, Microsoft actually had other mobile operating system called Windows Mobile. Um, And that had multitasking kind of like a desktop PC. Um, But we see a lot of issues with kind of free-for-all multitasking, Um, battery life tends to suffer, the user experience tends to suffer, and overall it it causes more problems than it solves. And so when we shipped Windows Phone 7, um, we didn't have the, the confidence that we had the system to the point where we could let developers run code in the background without affecting the battery life or without affecting the user's experience. Now, with another year of engineering time, design, development um, in Windows Phone Mango, we've come up with uh, a bunch of features, actually, that let us uh, have developer code running in the background to do things, like you saw in the, applica- in the application I showed you, um, playing audio in the background, which um, you know, has been demoed at Mobile World Congress, for example, and other things where the system does work on your behalf, for instance, downloading files or um, showing alarms and reminders.
1: Now, I mean, on my desktop PC, I've had multitasking for, I don't know or whatever it is, I mean, why is the phone different?
0: Well, the phone's different um, for several reasons. Firstly, um, a matter of resources. So your desktop PC probably has two or four cores running at several gigahertz. It probably has, you know, four or eight gigs of RAM. Um, it has multi, uh, it has um, uh, page file swapping. It has all these features that let the operating system do more um, and give you the illusion of multitasking. But um, even if you don't have multiple CPUs, but um, even on desktop, sometimes things can bog down, right? You switch to Outlook and it's not responsive because there's a virus check happening in the background or something like that. Uh, on the phone, with uh, you know, a more limited CPU, much more limited RAM, um, it's very, very hard to have the system still be responsive and get all these things happening in the background. So we put a lot of design and engineering effort into really thinking about when does code really need to run? If, it is, if we can avoid running code, let's do that and have the system do work on your behalf. And if we must run third-party code, how do we kind of put it in a box and constrain it so that it doesn't impact battery too much, it doesn't impact your bandwidth usage too much, and it doesn't impact the, the responsiveness of the foreground too much?
1: Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you know, on a desktop PC is a really powerful CPU and so it can handle that multitasking and do it. You know, probably you know, sweat blood sometimes, but I might not pay attention to it. Where the phone, being a less powerful CPU, it's not quite as efficient at running those multiple applications, and therefore the operating system has to be that much smarter to give the illusion of efficiency.
0: Yes, and even even um, the form factor of the phone. You know, it's a, it's a very personal thing. It's a very um, immediate thing, right? You touch the screen, you want it to respond immediately. Whereas on the PC, you're kind of one step removed because you're using the keyboard or using the mouse. So uh, subtle latencies you might not really notice on the PC. If it takes a few hundred milliseconds to respond, you probably don't notice or you don't care. Um, on the phone, you touch it and it, it has to follow your, you know, your finger exactly. The animations have to be incredibly smooth. Um, and so the limited resources, plus there's really a higher bar, I think, for the user experience on the phone, which means that um, doing things the old way, where an application can do whatever it wants in the background whenever it wants, um, just doesn't really doesn't really work on a phone. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So, I, so from from user perspective, by making multitasking work, it allows them to have a better experience with their phone, both um, accessing applications faster, being more control of the applications. From a from a developer's per- perspective, is there anything they need to be worried about when developing an application that will be running on a multitasking phone, or even enabling their application to work better within a multitasking environment?
0: Yeah, uh, great questions. Um, I'll take the last one first, which is what do they need to do to work better in a multitasking phone. So fast application switching, which I showed you at the beginning of the demo, being able to um, zoom out to see all the running applications and then quickly go into one of them. Um, in order to for an application to resume instantly, like the Twitter application did, it essentially needs to be rebuilt from Mango. Um, developers might find they have some bugs in their app when they do that, but there's not a ton of work you need to do. Right? Just take your Windows Phone 7 application, recompile it for Mango, test to make sure it works, resubmit it, and you will now be able to resume um, instantly from the from the
1: back stack. And that's because that's because from, <clears throat> from a compiler's perspective and an API perspective, we're adding a couple more uh, calls in there that, that support that, or what? Um, yes, yeah, so at the framework
0: level, we did some work to ensure that our frameworks um, suspend and resume correctly. But the, the good news is that when we shipped Windows Phone 7, we knew this was coming, we knew we wanted to do this and so the life cycle of applications how they get launched and paused and resumed and reactivated that was built in from Windows Phone 7 to enable this to happen Um, and the, the basic difference between Windows Phone 7 and Windows Phone Mango is that in Windows Phone 7 when an application goes into the background we tell it you've gone to the background and then we terminate the process to save battery and memory and so on and then if you switch back to the application we create a new process for it, tell the application it's been activated and then bring it to the foreground. In Windows Phone Mango we do exactly the same thing, but instead of um, terminating the process, which is kind of like a big hammer, we simply freeze all the threads. So it can't use CPU and it can't use battery and it can't use uh, bandwidth. And its memory is marked as essentially being reclaimable. So if you run another application that needs, say, the 20 megs that app was using, um, we can instantly kill the process. Uh, and then bring it back in the same process we did with Windows 1 and 7. So, um, The desire and the the, the underpinnings to or to do that were already there in 7. We just had to tweak it and turn it on for Mango. Mm-hmm.
1: So when you're talking about having to reclaim the memory if another application comes up, um, if your phone has enough memory in it, you're not going to see a problem, whereas if you run out of memory, some applications will then resume. Yes. Um, and you'll see them do the resume process, but it's only because you had too many applications running to begin with.
0: Yeah, so um, we'll, sh- we'll keep up to five running in the back stack. Excuse me, um, and we, if we need memory, we terminate the the least recently used one first. So if you run, you know, A, B, C, D, and then E needs memory, we'll kill A. Mm-hmm. So that if you switch back, you know, typically on the PC, people that use Alt Tab. You switch back and forth between one or two or three applications. Um, you don't tend to go back to the one you were using, you know, five applications mm-hmm. ago. So that's, that's the algorithm we use. Um, now the first part of your question around how do developers work with actual multitasking, so actually running code in the background, um, that's a good question. Uh, the, the agent code, the code that my Twitter app used to show that toast and update the tile, um, doesn't run in the same kind of environment as the as the foreground application. So it's still running managed code, it's still Silverlight, it's still .NET code written in C-sharp, but it doesn't have a user interface, so you know there's no there's no pages, there's no navigation, there's no XAML. Um, it has a very constrained amount of memory, so it runs in six megabytes of memory. Um, and it has a constrained um, execution time of about 25 seconds and um, constrained percentage of CPU. So it can't run at 100% CPU for 25 seconds. And so when you're developing an application that uses a background agent, you need to be very cognizant of the amount of memory that you're using and the amount of CPU work that you're doing. And as an example, um, the Twitter the Twitter agent um, does a bunch of things. You know, it pings Twitter, gets uh, gets the tweets, passes them using Link, downloads background images, composes the tile images together, writes them out, etc. And it does that in about four megs of memory, about half of which is the .NET framework. So it uses about two megabytes to do that, mm. and it runs in about one second. So you've got 25 seconds, you've got six megabytes, you can do a bunch of different things. Um, but you know, we don't want people to be doing you know incredibly intense computation, because we want that great battery life, we want that great user experience.
1: Now, you mentioned these applications written, written with the .NET framework and Silverlight. Um, is XNA still also a capability for that?
0: No. Um, XNA is not available as a background agent, because XNA is primarily about um, you know, 3D games. It's about having a game loop, doing 3D graphics, doing sound effects, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. And um, the background agents you know, don't have any UI, so 3D graphics don't make sense. And we don't want them making noise, because that would be um, disruptive to the user. Now, if you want to play music, say a streaming media solution, we can do that. There's a a different kind of agent that has more memory and it runs for longer that can stream music from the Internet or stream music from your phone um, to play media, but random sound effects aren't allowed. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay. Um, And now, is this worker thread, is it part of the main application, or is it a separate application that the main application is communicating with, and if so, um, how does that affect the structured storage that the application is using for storing its um, application data in?
0: Oh, sure. Um, So they're considered the same application from the operating system's point of view. Um, I mentioned earlier that they are different processes, so there's the, the UI process, which has the foreground application and the XAML and all that kind of stuff, and then there's the background process, which hosts the agent code. So the separate operating system processes, you know, separate memory spaces, et etc. But from the applications point, from the operating systems point of view, they're the same application, which means they have the same application identity. They're published to the marketplace as one unit. They're downloaded as one unit. They're managed as one unit, um, and that means that they share the same isolated storage. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, in the Twitter example, um, the, the the tweet term it was searching for, which was wp7dev, was written into isolated storage by the foreground, and then when the agent wakes up. It reads that value out and says, "Okay, I need to go search for WP Seven Dev," mm-hmm. and so um, they do share context that way. Okay. okay.
1: How much how much granularity of control does the developer have over some of these background processing, and the user have over top? Because I guess it's important for both of them to have some level of control.
0: Yeah. So uh, that kind of depends on the on the agent that you're using, and if you're and also if you're not using agents at all. So um, I mentioned. Um, We try and do work on behalf of the developer if we can. So things like background transfers are handled by the system and we manage what we download, when we download. Um, Alarms and reminders, um, again, we manage those. If you tell us to raise an alarm at 10 o'clock, we'll raise it at 10 o'clock. That's kind of all the control you need. For audio agents, the ones that play streaming music in the background, um, they essentially run all the time while the music is playing. Um, we do from time to time uh, pause their threads so they're not using too much mem- not using too much CPU, but they from the time the user hits play to the time the user hits stop or switches to another media application, your agent is essentially running. Now the ones I demoed the the generic background agents um, they there's two flavors of those so we actually have a lot of flexibility in the system. The first flavor, the one I showed you, is um, what we call a periodic task, and that runs every half an hour. It runs for twenty-five seconds. It has a six megabytes, um, and it'll do that uh, as long as the phone has um, above a certain threshold of battery. Because obviously, if your drain- phone is starting to drain, we don't want to drain it fast with this third-party code. Um, and uh, the second part, the second type of uh, generic agents, is what we call resource-intensive agents. And resource-intensive meaning that they they can run longer, um, they can use more data, they can use more power, um, and they run. Uh, Typically, we kind of talk about it as nightstand mode. So if the phone is on external power and attached to a Wi-Fi network or a, um, a PC, tethered to the PC with USB, um, under those conditions, and the phone is locked and you're not using it, the, uh, the uh, resource-intensive tasks will run kind of in a round-robin fashion for 10 minutes each. So if you have, say, five of them, you go 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes then back to the start, 10 minutes. So you can do things like uh, a lot of data syncing overnight um, you know, download all the news so that when you turn on your phone in the morning, you don't have to wait for all those RSS feeds to download. They're already there. Mm-hmm. and So that's the that's the control that the developer has. And mm-hmm. in terms of the user control, um, you know, I mentioned that we don't run the agents if you're running low on battery. But if there were other reasons that you didn't want to run the agent, um, for example, maybe it's a location-based agent, and you don't want it to know where you are, um, we have some UI that lets you control that. And I'd like to show you that in a demo.
1: Sure. Let's take a look.
0: So here I am with the, uh, the Twitter application running. And you'll see that I have the enable agent checkbox checked, meaning that the agent will run every half hour, for example. Um, and let's say the user wants to turn that off. Um, so we go to Start. If I scroll all the way down to Settings, I swipe across to Applications. And there's a new entry here called Background Tasks. And if I tap on that, uh, we'll see that um, it tells you about Background Tasks. And there's this Tweet Agent, which is the uh, agent from my Twitter app, and it says it's on. So if I tap on that, um, it tells me about agents, and there's a description here that my application provided saying that it updates the toast and the tile. And I can turn that off if I want. And now if I switch back to my application, again, using Firestep Switching, you'll notice the checkbox disappears because now the agent isn't running. And if I try and run it again, uh, I, as a developer, I get back an error saying, you can't add this agent. And so in this particular example, I'm just showing a message box saying, you've probably disabled it, or you know, there's too many already running. Um, but if the user wants to enable, and so that shows you that an application can't force its agent on if the user doesn't want it. But if the user says, I want it to turn it off now, but then, you know, say I'm back from my trip or I'm, I, I, my battery's full again, I want to run the agent, I can check this checkbox that says enable the app to, to turn itself on again. Now I switch back to my uh, application, tap on the button, and now the ana- agent was successfully enabled. So, of course, I can run it again. I can go back to the start menu, and we'll see that the toast appears in a few seconds.
1: Okay, so I mean, in that demo, we're, we're illustrating both the developer's access to some of the stuff because you know, as a developer on a developer phone, you're able to kind of we saw earlier, immediately, kick off stuff. Um, but then at the same time, we're also seeing how the user can manage what runs and what doesn't run and see what's running and what's not running, which I, I, I suppose is important because since any application can launch a background thread, um, the user may not be aware of which applications are running background threads, and therefore which applications might be draining his battery?
0: Yeah. Um, and and sorry, uh, I just went there. Um, not the background process is not threads. So foreground, we've always had background threads in, in Windows Phone, so this is background processes. Um, and when we, when we put the feature together, and we designed the feature, we really wanted to be such that most users never actually go to that Settings page. They don't worry about battery. They don't worry about. Um, Do they always uh, worry about battery? <laughs> well, they 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 wouldn't necessarily see um, a difference. You know, I installed ten apps and suddenly my battery life went to you know half a day. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we have rules around every half hour for only for twenty five seconds, etc. So um, we hope that most users never see that page, um, and you know maybe some of the power users will see it, or the, the curious people that go to every settings option will see it, um, and uh, you know if you're if you Happen to know that that feature is there, and you happen to have a reason to turn something off, for example, location tracking. You can do that, but we don't. We don't think it's going to be a, you know, the most visited page on the phone, for example.
1: Mm-hmm. Can can applications still be ill-behaved and drain the battery faster than normal? They they can drain
0: the battery faster than normal um, because we give them the ability to run code. So the maximum damage they can do is every half hour for 25 seconds, they you know, spin the CPU in a tight loop, they try and download you know, gigabytes of, you know, not gigabytes, they download as much data as they can over the cellular network, um, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And we've done a you know, very detailed power modeling, and we always assume the worst case, like imagine every app written was that bad, um, and what impact that has on the battery life. And we think that, um, you know, most apps won't do that. Most apps will do the right thing um, and you know, complete very quickly, and they won't use that much CPU or that much bandwidth. Um, but even if you have a few kind of bad apples in there, they don't, you know, ruin the whole bushel.
1: Mm-hmm. So thanks. I mean, I'm looking forward to getting, getting Mango on my own phone as well as maybe get my own application developed and, and see how <laughs> I can take and use some of this uh, fast switching as well as uh, multitasking or multi-processing capabilities. Um, before we leave, I mean, on Mango, um, do you have a favorite feature?
0: Yeah, uh, one of my favorite features actually is the new groups feature. Um, and I can share that on my phone too if you'd like. Sure, I'd love to share it. So here on the home screen, um, you'll see it's one of my favorite features because it's right up there above, uh, at the top, only below my work email and Internet Explorer. Um, you'll see this tile here, it's called peeps, and it's rotating through a bunch of um, people. It's ro- rotating through my wife and three of my uh, friends. And what this does is it lets me kind of communicate with all of them uh, very simply uh, and see the status of all of them. So we're here we have their names and their tiles. Um, If they had sent me emails, they would be flipping over, sending me the emails that they'd sent me, or the text messages or voicemails. Um, I can uh, text all of them at once if I want a broadcast message, or I can email them all at once if I want to do a broadcast email. So it's a great way to just... uh, bring together a bunch of different people, whether it's work people or, or friends, and really see what they're all doing together. Um, if I was on Facebook, it would tell me what's new, but unfortunately I'm not on Facebook, well, perhaps fortunately, um, but there would be all their Facebook feeds here, for example, there would be pictures here if, uh, again, if I was on Facebook and had um, pictures with them. Um, and it really just brings them all together in one place uh, so that I can communicate with them all at the same
1: time. That looks pretty interesting. I can see how you use it. It's kind of taking the same model we're already seeing with some of the social networking going on of helping you socialize better with your phone. Um, So I assume that that's kind of the key aspect that we're focusing on here.
0: Yeah, I mean, groups is about taking people that you communicate with a lot. For instance, you might have the people that you work with. You might have um, your family. You might have certain sets of friends. And letting you bring together notifications from them, so updates from social networks, emails, voicemails, SMSs, et cetera. bringing them all together, and then letting you uh, communicate broadly with them at once through you know, chat, Facebook chat,
1: IM, et cetera. Thanks, That Looks like fun. I'm going to try it myself. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. This a special episode of the Knowledge Chamber. Hopefully it gave you some insights of what Mango is. And you saw how multitasking, background processing can take and help application developers, as well as users, better control their phone and the experience. And plus a little hint at how Groups is going to work next. Thanks for joining us.